Each day, all over the world, thousands of healthcare learners experience the power of simulation. This is the BS Podcast. Wait, what? 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 Beyond Simulation. Exploring the stories of the people behind these masterfully implemented simulations. Each episode discovers the real stories of how these connoisseurs got into simulation and why they stayed. This is the Behind the Music podcast of the world of simulation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Christine Park, and I am the director of the Simulation and Integrative Learning Institute at the University of Illinois College of Medicine. One thing about me that is not simulation-related is that I have a deathly allergy to pine nuts and ginkgo nuts, which, by the way, did you know those plants are related? Um, so in case anyone wants to knock me off, that would be a really great way to do it. <laughs> And welcome to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> uh, my name is Bob Kaiser, and I am the Associate Director of SAIL. And one thing about me that is not simulation related is that I have a fear of snakes. So I thought it would be a good idea when I was younger to buy a snake and have one as a pet to get over my fear. Um, I his, his name was Otto, and um, it... Uh, I got over my fear of Otto. That was great, but not of other snakes. Side note, my mother would not allow Otto into the house when I'd go visit her, so I had to keep Otto with friends when I'd go home. So anyway, um, yeah, that's me. <laughs> you know, Bob, I just would not be that committed to getting over that particular phobia. <laughs> <laughs> now I wouldn't, but back then, sure. <laughs> okay, well, are you ready to talk some BS? I am, but just a second, Christine. So it has been freezing here in Chicago. I, and I am just not a cold weather person, even though I've lived here most of my life. But I was thinking, you know, it's cold here, but I'm wondering where is the coldest place in the world? And uh, in that place, what was the coldest temperature ever? So what do you think? Well, uh, my first guess would be Antarctica, which would make me think that it's not Antarctica, but maybe you're doing a double reverse psychology on me. Therefore, I'm going to go back to Antarctica, and I'll guess uh, minus 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Great guesses. Wow. So you are correct. It was Antarctica. Um, to be exact, it was the weather station on Vostka, Antarctica, and on July 21st, 1983, the temperature was there, negative 128.6 degrees Fahrenheit. So, um, yeah, I guess Chicago is better than I thought. <laughs> I wonder what that feels like, but uh, I'm not going to be finding out. Yeah, not tonight. <laughs> All right. So, today, it's my great pleasure to welcome to the podcast our guest, Sabrina Ko. Sabrina is the campus director for Sing Health. Duke NUS, Institute of Medical Simulation, Sengkang General Hospital in Singapore. Welcome, Sabrina. Hello, everyone. Hi. Thank <laughs> Hi, you for Sabrina. having me here. Glad you're here. All right, great. So just diving right in, tell us, what are three things that you're professionally known for? Well, I think it's rather obvious um, that I'm a simulationist and also a nurse by training, uh, critical care nursing. 
and also I turn full time um, as a healthcare educator now. So there you go, simulationist, um, nurse, and educator. Great. So Sabrina, I, I think you've probably heard our show before, so you may know what the next question is. We want to know what's behind work. Like, what do you do in your free time? So um, we want to know things that are not on your CV that people may not know about you. So before the show, I spun a random number generator, and the number that I got was three. So give us three things not on your CV. I would really think that um, uh, people will at least know me um, as a French horn player. I used to play in an orchestra. And um, that has been a, um, uh, an interest um, in terms of music appreciation since I was young. I started with piano playing and then the go into uh, nearly into um, uh, as, a, as, as a professional musician playing French horn. So there was a, um, a, a juncture, a crossroad that I really got to decide very hard between healthcare, being a nurse, and also uh, being a musician when I was given an opportunity to study music in Germany. And I guess you know the answer by now, what I've decided. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the other two uh, things that uh, people least know me for is uh, I like to uh, bake, um, mainly bread. Not so much of cake because I, I can't deal with eating cakes every day. <laughs> uh, bread will be more practical. And uh, I'm actually also a very strong animal supporter, particularly for uh, rabbits. And I um, do uh, uh, sponsor um, a rabbit shelter based in oh. Singapore. Oh, I love that. So, um, Sabrina, if you want to bake cakes, I'm happy to volunteer to eat them. So you bake them, I'll eat them. We, we can start a business. But here's my question. What? So what... Um, how did you choose between French horn and medicine? Like, what was the deciding factor? Well, I think we, we uh, at that point of time, um, when, when the, we, well, people of my generation doesn't really think uh, weigh risk and benefits and, and think very hard about our future. It's a very simple, simplistic um, thinking that, you know, um, between a profession, which would actually use a better... Um, I don't know, livelihood or mm -hmm. career. And, and that's when the, I decided um, to get into healthcare and that point of time. And even now, as we speak, Singapore is, is in a huge short of uh, nurses. So that actually uh, got me to, you know, uh, get into nursing. And it was a very timely opportunity because um, I, I was uh, sponsored to study and there was an organization that publicized their sponsorship scheme so that was quite timely as well. So I suppose it, it was really right time, right place, and meeting up with right people to explore. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. You mentioned the nursing shortage, and a number that I've come across is worldwide, there's a projection of maybe more than 10 million nurses before this decade is out. So how does nursing shortage look like in Singapore right now? Um, well, you, you may have known that um, countries, particularly the Western countries, 
in, in this time of pandemic, um, I think everywhere is trying to you know increase their manpower. So likewise, Singapore, but we also survive on a, a certain percentage um, of maybe 30% of our foreign uh, nurses uh, workforce. And these are um, folks from the Philippines, from the India and China and Malaysia as well. So I think uh, right the, the struggle is that their country need them pretty much as we do. So there are, you know, um, uh, uh, movements, a lot of movements, I must say, not maybe not to um, answer to aggressive hiring from the Western country, but some of them actually goes back to their own country because they, they need to be seeing their families and also stay with them. So we do have um, many different reasons for people going away. So we are aggressively trying to train our own people um, but the fear is that, you know, there, there's some stigma of coming into healthcare, particularly in the state of pandemic. So, yeah, the struggle is very real everywhere, I must say, not just Singapore. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a tough, it's a tough problem. And I think about what's the solution for developing the pipeline for nursing education. Mm. So let's leave the present for a moment and go back in time. Let's go back in time to Sabrina the Kid. Tell us, who is Kid Sabrina? So I, I am actually very fortunate to, um, to be in my era <laughs> or my generation because I, I grew up in this time where Singapore was still um, at the, towards the end of being a developing country. And we have little small uh, remote villages that we call kampong. It's a Malay word that means village. And I grew up in one of those villages that we live in wooden um, planks houses and also houses that built with corrugated uh, metal sheets. And um, p children living in the country, sorry, in the kampong, are pretty much quite deserted because um, we, we are free to roam around. It's such a big place, very wide. And, and I get to get the taste of my very first experiential learning growing up as a kid, climbing trees, getting into ponds, play with tadpoles and fishes. And, and um, those are really, um, I think, something that we don't get to experience nowadays. Kids are very much protected at home and they learn from uh, tablets and iPads. So it is really a very vast difference. So that, that was who I was. Um, and that actually got me to uh, explore things and, and, and approaching new things with inquisitive minds. I love that because um, one of the things that Bob and I have talked about is the quality of experimentation in simulation. And, and how much do we actually provide a place for experimentation? And it sounds mm -hmm. like your childhood was very much like, what would happen if I climb this tree? Yeah, exactly. There were times that I fell and I hurt myself and I know what it meant to, you know, to fall from that kind of height. So that, that is really a good uh, perspective uh, for growing up. And a good way to learn. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Sabrina, tell us a little bit about the journey that got you into simulation. 
so the in the initial journey is that I I got um, introduced to simulation when I was uh, tasked to work with the Nian Polytechnic and when we set up the uh, diploma of nursing course that's directed by the Ministry of Education. Uh, we were given some funding to start the school as well as the program and one of the uh, major um, tasks that I, I was given was to set up the uh, lab laboratories to train nurses. And we took some reference from uh, available sites that simulation was the way to go about. And one of the major events that I get to attend with the funding is uh, the HPSN at Tampa, Florida. And that was organized by the CAE. So that was really cool because uh, that is the first uh, ever large scale event that I get to attend and see and learn from experts. And I, I wish um, I would have uh, met you both back then, but I was really, really very new, really near to a nobody, <laughs> uh, was really learning the ropes of simulation. So uh, many things fascinated me, uh, including the hardware as well as the setup. And I, I was able to get that in place to build the new lab. Um, uh, so, so that was really a great learning opportunity and and that begins, um, the, the, uh, that, that opens the door for me to, you know, to be engaged further and given the opportunity to work with the SSH as well as uh, co-chair maybe two conferences with uh, Christine as well. So that was really, really uh, a journey that is uh, like it's a roller coaster actually. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, it sounds like an incredible journey, Sabrina. So um, today, what keeps you tied to simulation? Where do your passions lie? I think I've grown from training the providers, naming the nurses and the doctors on the ground, to faculty. So because uh, along the way, I, I figured out that I, I wasn't going to be, I will not be able to do this alone all by myself anymore like age catching up, you know, and, and of course there will be a time that we retire. So faculty is really, really important. And, and that's the, also the main avenue to reach out to the masses. Um, so something that's very close to my heart is to develop my people and, and that way uh, they can continue the, um, to, to train others. I love that. And I think that sharing with people outside of the world of simulation, what we do, how we think, how mm -hmm. we approach things is, is quite unique. And I think it's what a gift to share with people. So, and, mm -hmm. I, and I love what you're saying about how to pass this on. So future generations can be a part of simulation. Yeah. I love that. It's one of the amazing things that I have had the pleasure of observing you, Sabrina, is how, how good a mentor you are. And how you approach it with so much joy. I love, I love seeing that. Likewise. And, and I, I really enjoy being mentored by many people. Even uh, I would think that mentors not just for people who are more experienced, but I, I learned from my uh, students. And they mentored me in a way that, you know, how students are receptive and also taking it from you. And, and that way you... That way, I actually learn to modify things as well. So I, I suppose mentorship works both ways. Absolutely. That is so very true. I agree. So 
we've been talking about simulation, but let's turn the, turn the page. Now, if you were prevented from doing anything that you currently do now professionally, so that's simulation, that's nursing, education, what do you think you would be doing for work or a job? And, and for the sake of this exercise, there's um, uh, no financial risk involved. I like that no financial risk involved. <laughs> <laughs> because right. it's kind of expensive to live in Singapore. Um, there, there were surveys to say that Singapore is one of the most expensive cities to be living in. I was like, really? Uh, well, okay, so if I were to be prevented from doing what I'm doing, I, I would probably go back to my first love, which is nursing the patient. I'll probably go back to the intensive care unit and work with patients and, and nurse them back to health. And that would give me really no better joy doing that mm, nice yeah. um okay so sabrina one great thing about simulation is that we receive feedback and we reflect on the choices that are made and then we can do it again so or and we can make a different choice so what is one choice that you encountered in your life that would have taken your life on a different path if you had chosen that I actually, now that you got me thinking, I actually have another skill. Um, oh. I'm a barista, coffee barista as well. Get out. <laughs> well, okay. if, your, if your random number comes up to four, that will be the four. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, Sabrina, so, you're so holding I, out on us. <laughs> so I, I would actually open maybe a cafe with a joint venture. Yeah, um, and to to make coffee for people, and um, so, since I make bread, so that will go with it as well. <laughs> and then you can play your French horn for people too when they come in. I see oh! a whole business venture. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I'm gonna skip simulation. I'm gonna go into business with you. <laughs> <laughs> that probably might be the trick to go. I love it. I love that. Yeah. Have you tried roasting your own beans as well? I've always been curious about that. Um, not yet, but yes, part of my training to become a barista is that I got to roast. So roasting is part of the training. And uh, in order to roast my beans, I got to get that um, roasters. So I, I only do the roasting during the training. And uh, that actually came out quite, quite, quite good, I must say because we were supposed to taste how, how um, the, the product of that roast. Yeah, so it's, it's really interesting because um, I, I was, well, while I was taking that lessons, I was thinking that perhaps I would um, open a bespoke kind of cafe concept to have people select how well they want the bean to be roasted and what kind of taste that they want in their coffee. So I would roast that exactly for them. Oh, wow. But that, that would take an advance order because, um, yeah, so the roasted beans needs, uh, can only be um, brewed maybe four or five days later. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. See, I, I don't like coffee at all. Uh -huh. I, I've never liked it. But you know what, Sabrina? I think I would try your coffee, so. Yeah. I think one of the reasons you don't like coffee is uh, because you have not tasted real coffee. 
I agree. <laughs> well, here's the question though. Sabrina, when you were learning how to make coffee, did you have to drink a lot of coffee also? Yeah. I think during the <laughs> training, I kind of drink, I call them, not, I mean, it's not coffee. I, I drink my mystics. <laughs> mystics. Okay. <laughs> so uh, a lot of time we have to uh, drink to calibrate the grinder. Yeah. We have to drink to see um, whether it's of a good extraction timing. And we have to drink to determine the weight and the amount of beans to use in that brew. So, yes. That makes sense. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> There's a lot of energy in that class. <laughs> yeah, very tight. <laughs> I, Bob, I apologize that you don't like coffee because I, I need to geek out just a little bit here. So, Sabrina, what's it. your favorite... Um, way of brewing the i mean what's your favorite roast what's your favorite brew how to prepare the coffee i i would actually go with the beans first i i would like really um i've tasted uh good um coffee beans but those uh that there's an award-winning one that's called the geisha from the panama uh that that is really very uh highly priced so i would really like that in um uh blonde roast which is light roasting and uh, the way that I would do it would be pour over. That's the best way. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. All right. So going back to, to choices and exploring the, the concept of choices, what is one choice that you encountered in your life that felt risky at that time and one that you're glad that you made? I would think um, the, the one that I felt risky about was um, the amount of time I spent um, collaborating because um, at that point of time, a lot of energy needs to be focused at a uh, workplace. But I think that is also a blessing in disguise that I chose, uh, that I was happy to make, that I chose to collaborate across to um, my counterparts in the other countries, um, that I gained a lot of experience to, um, to actually bring back to helping my workplace in terms of integration and in terms of uh, implementing new projects and ideas. This may not be ideas that um, people have adopted, but it's, it's ideas that we see be fitting into our local uh, needs. So that was uh, why I think um, I was happy to make that choice. Great, so now I hope, Sabrina, that you can indulge us because one of the most fun things that I have learned from you is a little bit about Singlish. Aha. Bob, do you know about Singlish? I do not. One of the things I love about Singlish is how fun, funny, expressive, and just energizing it is. So I wonder, Sabrina, would you be willing to give us a quick lesson in some Singlish? <laughs> okay la since you say that right <laughs> so that's the that's a local slang in singapore um because i think the majority of singaporeans are hokkien 
and uh, we used to speak in the Hokkien dialect that um, has got some other pronunciation or syllable that ends the sentence. So um, it is like speaking in English, you say so and now or however, but the way that we end a question will be using the la, me, or le. So that actually gives a flavor to not just the, um, the sentence itself, but if you don't see the person, you're just hearing the sentence, you would know how uh, expressive that would be. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, Christine, I, I, I don't know how to really do this, but if we were to you know, get on with a conversation, maybe that would be illustrative. Huh? Okay, good. <laughs> Okay. Okay, la. <laughs> yeah, that's the way, <laughs> Okay. How about this? I'll give you a sentence that you can give us in Singlish. Uh, okay. So here's a sentence. Oh, I am so sorry I'm late to meet you. But my boss gave me extra assignments to do. And I'm really angry about that. Ayo, sorry la, I, 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 I turned up late. My, my boss gave me so many things to do. I, 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 sell, I, I don't know how to get this going. Ayo, so angry la. <laughs> I love you. <ya. laughs> That's awesome. All right, thank you so much thank for that you. lesson. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I need more lessons. Love it. So, Sabrina, mm -hmm. we have on the show a kind of a tradition for our guest, and that is that we have a whole bunch of questions that can be answered real quickly, and we would like to put 60 seconds on our clock and we'd like to ask you as many questions as we can get through. So just the first thing that comes to your mind, you can just, you can just say that answer. Yeah, Sound yeah. good? <laughs> okay. Sabrina's like, why did I agree to this podcast? It's going to be fun, I promise. So, okay. So, Christine, you're first. I've got the timer on. One minute. I will start it after the first question. Sabrina, Ayo, it's not so bad, la. <laughs> first question. First question. What food makes you happy? Hokkien me. <laughs> okay. Sabrina, what's your go-to guilty pleasure? Oh, eating a lot of chocolate. Mm. <clears throat> I know, it doesn't do good. <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? Hmm. I see how hard my colleagues, medical colleagues work, so I'm not going to be a doctor, medical doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Okay, so what is a habit you have that you're glad that you have? Playing the French horn. I still missed it, though mm -hmm. I don't practice it anymore. Uh-huh. And um, how about this? Is there life beyond Earth? My religion tells me Yes. Okay. But it is really, really unknown. <laughs> well, yeah. we'll all get to find out one day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. And what is your favorite word? Ayo. Ayo. 
I know, I know. Okay, time is up, but one last question. Christine, what are you going to ask? When you go to work, who is the first person you see? When I go to work, I usually see Hui Yuan first. I see. So we'd like you to think about one person who was meaningful to your life. And it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody you know or know well. Um, what did you learn from this person or, or what do you admire about them? The only one person that comes to my mind when you mention is uh, my ex-boss, Miss Chale Hun. She is uh, a really a mentor in many ways. Um, somehow, when, whenever I'm stuck with a situation or challenges, she, she could not, she may not offer the best solutions, but she's always uh, provide insights in terms of certain questions that prompt me to think so that I, I would derive that solution eventually. So that, that is really um, a person who inspire me and um, that's the person mm. whom I want to be uh, to many others if I get a chance to do so. So till today, even she is in another organization, till today we, we are still in touch and um, I, I still uh, keep those fond memories that I have when I worked with her years back. Mm, she sounds like a great mentor. Yeah, she yeah. is. That sounds great. She still is. <laughs> still is, yes. Yeah. I love that. Um, so Sabrina, we're coming to the end of our time. This has been a thoroughly delightful um, interview. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us and for um, giving us a quick lesson and, um, and uh, let us know about your uh, br making bread and French horn. It's just been great. So, but with all of that said, uh, we do have one final question. And that is, what is one hope that you have for simulation in the future? I personally think that having gone through all the um, nuts and bolts and also projects after projects, I would think the hope is um, endless source of funding. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah, and, and also, um, yeah, so, so we can do many things with those funding. Faculty development is one, and uh, the ability to um, get other people on board with the funding to to, to collaborate and um, to build um, a virtual e-learning e or maybe virtual uh, environment for simulation. I think that is really an important way to go before we uh, postpone things again and again because of funding. I think we really need to put it out there and face it and get it going because we never know when is the next pandemic going to hit us. Absolutely, and totally agree. Well, Sabrina, it's been such a delight to have you on the podcast today, and I um, want to thank you for your amazing leadership for simulation, not only in Singapore, but as a global leader as well. Thank you both. Likewise, um, thank you for your leadership too, and thanks for having me on this podcast. And by the way, Happy New Year. 
Oh, thank you. Happy this New is, Year. This is the year of the? Mm, year of the Tiger. The year of the Tiger. So uh -huh. for everyone out there, uh, who, with, when this is your birth year, have a good year. Have a good year. Thank you, everyone out there, for joining us today. This has been Christine Park and Bob Kaiser for Beyond Simulation. See you for the next episode. Bye.